your host, the Queen Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we are going to be talking to Dr. Tanisha Mitchell. She is the author of the book, Renewing the Inner You. Do you want to be refreshed today? Do you want to be renewed? Do you feel as if you've gotten stale in your walk with Christ? Is it something that's outside or inside? What are you doing with yourself on the inside? We always know that things are happening outside in the world. There's rumors of war, there's war, there's pandemics, diseases, all sorts of things. But maybe that's not what's really bothering you. What's bothering you is what you are speaking on the inside. I've talked to you guys about this more than once about how I deal with negative talk and low self-esteem and how I have to battle that every day. But with Dr. Mitchell's book, Renewing the Inner You, you are going to have the opportunity to have a practical plan to fight against negative self-talk as well as renew a right spirit within you. I can't wait to talk about it in just a few moments. As always, I want to thank you for your support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years, and as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. To stay up to date with PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net, click on that pink follow button, and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring Dr. Mitchell on. Doctor, how you doing today? I'm well. How are you? I am fine. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here with me today. I never take it lightly. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I want to give a shout out to a special lady who connected us. Her name is Shelly Hitz. But Dr. Mitchell, you know more about her than I do. So tell us a little bit about Shelly. Definitely want to give her props out for us connecting today. Yeah, absolutely. I met Shelly almost a year ago when I joined her company, Christian Book Academy, on Facebook. And she was really essential to help me birth the book. It was actually a very funny story real quickly. And so I was working on this book for the last five years at the time, and I was just really struggling and trying to figure out how to complete the book. I needed strategy. And because of my background, I really wanted to plan from A, B to C. And so I was praying and asking God, you know, for the direction and clarity for that. And he led me to Shelly Hitz's uh, Facebook page. I think it was a writer's conference at the time. And so I really was able to get the insight, the knowledge I needed to really continue the process of not only writing the book, but publishing it. So Shelly is very near and dear to my heart. Um, she is just an awesome and amazing person. And I really give my hats off to her and her company for helping me to get my book published. I've known of Shelly for several years, and she really does have a heart, mind, and passion to help Christian authors do what they're supposed to do, write and help build up the kingdom. So we're going to give you an opportunity to connect with Shelly Hitz later on in the broadcast. And I want to give the correct title of the book. It is Renew the Inner You, A Practical Guide to Counter Your Thoughts, emotions, and responses. And we want to thank the Glory Agency for publishing that. Now, let's go ahead and get into the nitty gritty of our interview today, Dr. Mitchell. People have heard me call you Dr. Mitchell, but they don't know much about you. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Uh, yeah, sure, no problem. Um, I'm originally from Little Rock, Arkansas, and I'm currently in Birmingham, Alabama. And I have a passion for science and all things of just Christ, related to Christ in general. And so I'm what most people would consider anomaly, a scientist and a believer. I study kidney disease, and I've been doing that for several years. But at the same time, I've been able to just be really successful in that career because of my faith walk with Christ. And so I love writing. And by day, I actually write grants for a living and run a research program. I'm also heavily involved in ministry here in Birmingham. You use the right words when you say you are an anomaly. There is a prevalent thought that scientists cannot be religious people, generally speaking. However, the more we begin to probe the universe, the cosmos, even our inner bodies, we start to see that we are the product of a man of a grand mind who designed us so wonderfully that we can only mimic the words of the psalmist where he says, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And that really goes into the heart of your book, Renew the Inner You, and how to manage your thoughts, emotions, and responses. Where did the germ of this idea come from? Yeah, so before I get to the idea, I just want to mention that, you know, for me, it's not so much religion, it's relationship. And I know a lot of times people think religion is just controlling or mind control. But for me, it's really relationship. And that just stems from uh, my personal walk and the things that I've experienced in my life. And so when most people see me, they don't know everything that I've been through. I've been through quite a lot from health challenges to just even dealing with personal rejection and rejection from others, all of those things, and even contemplating suicide at one point in my life because of just how challenging it was for me at the time. And so I think those experiences birth a greater relationship with God. And so because of that, I was able to really draw closer to him and he was able to heal my heart and heal the broken places and most importantly, heal me from not just physically, but in just so many ways. And so the process of that book being birthed is just how God was able to, again, heal me in dark places that I was experiencing. And so, for example, I dealt with a lot of negative thoughts and emotions because I was dealing with very challenging relationships at the time. And I just kept saying that, you know, I didn't like how this felt or I would basically complain a lot to God or complain and have you know, moments to myself where I'm just saying things that I don't like. And I would pray and I'm saying, God, help me. And eventually he just started the process of saying, well, I need you to change how you're thinking. Let me give you my perspective about what you're going through and how you can, you know, really approach this or see this differently than what you're experiencing now. And so, of course, because God is just a gentleman, it wasn't very like, hey, you're thinking the wrong way. It was just very gentle because the Holy Spirit is a very gentle, kind spirit. I mean, he just was able to meet me where I was at the time and to show me that, you know, even though I felt alone at times, that I wasn't really alone or the times I felt that I was, you know, rejected, I really was accepted. And so I started that process of really writing out what he was saying to me, and it eventually led to the birth of this book. You don't look like the hell you've been through, Tanisha. You don't look like it, and that's only because the Spirit of God lives in you. And there are many people out there whom the Lord has blessed to have a life of abundance, 
a life of success, peace, but you don't know what God had to do to get them through that point. And because of that, you have this wonderful guide that can help them because you aren't coming from a vacuum. You have experienced these thoughts, feelings, and these responses. And so you give us a practical guide of how we can mitigate this. Before I do that, I want to talk about the power and impact of words. It is a section in your book, and we're not going to go through the whole thing, but go ahead and give us the cliff notes, if you will, about it. Yeah, so the power and the impact of words uh, chapter really just talks about how we are made in the image of God. And so we have this power and an innate of power that God has given us that many people take for granted. And so I like what I basically did in that chapter was talked about how God created the earth and he created it by his word and everything that he said, it came to be. And because we're made in his image, we have that same ability to say things and the Bible talks, say things, and then it can happen. And so the Bible talks about how there's life and death and the power of our tongue and how we can say things that bring life or we can say things that bring death. So the importance of that chapter is just to really emphasize the how how intentional we have to be about the words that we're speaking. It's so easy to say, oh, I feel tired or I don't, however you might feel. It might, that might be true, but is it necessary to say that? What I tried to do in that chapter was to establish the importance of our words and understanding that what we say can impact our lives. Um, it, it's even a perfect example of someone's a parent and they have a child. I can give this example. I had a grandmother and she passed away. But what I remember as a child is she used to always say, oh, Tanisha, you're so smart. You're so kind. You're so sweet. And those words at the time when I was a child was like, oh, thank you. I really embrace that understand what she was doing at the time, but what she was really doing was depositing these seeds into me to help me understand down the road, no, I am smart, I am capable, I am beautiful. And, you know, those words were life-giving to me. And it's one of my favorite things about my grandmother that our relationship was the fact that she was able to have the knowledge and wisdom to speak life over me and to encourage me. And so I see many times parents that are very intentional about that and some that are not. But it's really important for parents to think about how they're communicating with their children because they're establishing a foundation, not of only how they see themselves, but how they see God as well. Because God is our parent and also our earthly parents are a reflection or should be a reflection of God. So if a parent is not speaking positive things to their children that would cause uh, that particular child down the road to relate to God differently. And not only to God, but to themselves and even other people. So they won't be able to necessarily, you know, receive those compliments that people, you know, give them all the time because they're challenged by just those, those childhood moments or traumas. Another thing you say in the very next chapter is that words are not enough. Why was this something important that you had to relate to our reader? This is a really important chapter because, you know, you can say, well, I'm going to say only positive things about myself. And it has to be backed up by action. It only can work so far. Like it only can go so far. You can just say all of these things, but adding these practical steps or these steps of action or faith walk um, actions are essential to really back up what you're saying. Right. So like I could say they're like, God is, 
when he created the earth, he said, let there be light. And then there was light. And he said, let us create man in our image. God didn't just say that, but he also took the dust from the ground and made an actual person. And, you know, those are just simple kind of examples of how our words have to be supported by actions. And so, for example, if I wanted to say practically speaking for myself, you know, I'm telling someone that, you know, I value them as a friend, but I never go out my way to actually show that, whether that's making sure I call them instead of them always calling me or making sure that I go out of my way to maybe buy their favorite candy just to brighten their day because I know they're struggling in their life right now. So if I'm really a friend, I can't just say it. I have to actually show it by action. This becomes an important part of the conversation because a lot of people simply want you to say good things to them, but they don't want to challenge you or the rather the person does not want to be challenged to actually change their ways. It goes hand in hand. I will use the example of someone who is in an abusive relationship where the abuser may say, I love you, and then pops them upside the head. That's not really love because you wouldn't do that unless you're trying to kill the spider on the side of my head, then I'm totally fine with that. (laughs) But we have to have not just words, but actions. And this is something I think is quite profound in how the Lord allows us to have a communicable attribute of creativity. And many of my listeners have heard me say that many times. And using Alan Arnold's definition of creativity, we have the ability to influence the world around us. This does not mean necessarily in the artistic pursuits, but in other areas. So you can be creative if you're a housewife, if you're a janitor, if you're a scientist, if you're a doctor, if you're a writer. You have the ability to influence and make that area that you are a part of a better place. So I want you to keep that in mind as we go through some of the terms in here. Now, Dr. Mitchell's background more than likely helped her with a plan. So it's not just enough to say these things, but you have to have a plan. And so she has a five-step plan here. We're going to go through each of these steps quickly. We're going to talk about the plan. And the first part of the plan is identify. I can't help but think of you in front of a microscope thinking of these things because you're looking through things on your microscope on a little Petri dish or something like that. And you have to identify what you're looking at. So why is this five-step plan to transformation starts with identify? Yeah, it starts with identifying because you have to be aware of what you're feeling and what you're thinking. It's very easy to ignore or sweep things under the rug of how we feel or the situations that we're facing in life. But I think it's important to first identify it because once you identify it, then you can properly address it in partnership with the Holy Spirit. And I say in partnership with the Holy Spirit because... (laughs) It's very easy to be like, yeah, I have this problem, but guy might be like, yeah, that's the problem, but that's not the problem I want to address right now. I really want to address, you know, how you're really being jealous sometimes. Let's talk about that. And again, he's very gentle, so it shouldn't be taken as punishment. Instead, it's more of, I look at it, the fact that he tries to be very gentle because he loves me. And so if you love me, and I think he loves me so much because he doesn't want me to stay in the mess that I might be creating for myself or just the mess of life. He doesn't want me to stay there. Instead, he wants me to be who he created me to be. And so I think the first step of being open to identifying and being honest with yourself, because this process requires a lot of being vulnerability. And there's no better person to be vulnerable with but the Holy Spirit, because he doesn't judge you. So I think the first step of identity and partnership with the Holy Spirit is essential to deal with the issues that you might be having. The next part we have is meditate. 
And I think of this as a deep concentration of things. I don't think of it in the new age light of being mindless and flouted about by whatever makes you feel good. Because there are many things that make you feel good that are not good for you. That's how I perceived it. But go ahead and expand it for us, Dr. Mitchell. Yeah, so meditate on scriptures is the second step of the five-step plan. And so this is to help you address your thinking. So once you get to the point of uh, actual emotion that we'll talk about, you'll probably be able to fully understand this. But the purpose of this step is really to address the thought process that you have. So, for example, if I'm feeling alone, I have to meditate on these scriptures where God talks about how he'll never leave me or forsake me. And there are several verses, but I won't start doing out scriptures. But the point of this is to really understand his heartbeat for you. And that's what I really like about scriptures. It edifies us, it brings comfort, it corrects us, but it also expresses the heart and mind of God towards us. And so when we meditate on what he thinks and how he feels about us, it helps us to have a different perspective than what's already been laid down or laid as a foundation from our own opinions or the opinions of other people or even society standards. The next one in this is probably the hardest thing because it challenges us to get out of our comfort zone. It's not just enough to identify and meditate on these things. We have to change. And there are some of us who hate the very idea of change. Go ahead and tell us why it is so necessary for us to change. All right. So the third step is uh, change or confession. And so the point of this step is to help you change your feelings. A lot of times people are led by their feelings and their emotions. And I was reading a quote, I think, the other day about how people are encouraged to not be led by their emotions, because if you're led by your emotions, you can almost ruin something that you've been taking several years to build. And it just reiterates the importance of making sure that you're aware of what you're thinking and also what you're saying, because your feelings can cause you to respond and react. And so if we're just doing what we normally do, we're going to have the same outcomes. And so the purpose of this third step is to really not only say things that are in agreement and alignment with the heart of God, but also it will cause us to have a transformation within us. And so as a result, that's going to naturally cause you to have some change in your feelings. And so I want to make sure I just say this point is that I'm not trying to say ignore the feelings that you have, but instead to recognize that maybe the feelings you have are maybe not the best way to continue processing in order to have to address in order to address the situation that you might be experiencing at the time. It might not be the optimal way. That's what I'm trying to say. But it leads right to our next point about prayer. And this I see is the linchpin of this whole process. Because prayer is a dialogue with the Lord, and it's also your first, only, and last line of defense against the wiles of the devil and even against your own negative self-talk. So let's go ahead and expand on that, too. Yeah, so the fourth step is to pray often, and that's to help you move forward. And so, as you mentioned before, it's a dialogue. So I think a lot of times we think we have to do things by ourselves, and we don't have to. And this is what the benefit of prayer is, is being able to communicate with God and say, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I need help with. How do I do this? God always answers prayers. He's not just not 
ignoring you or not responding. He might not respond the way you desire for him to respond, but he's always listening. The Bible talks about so many different scriptures where God is listening to our prayers and how he's ready to answer them. And so the power of prayer is not just only for a dialogue, but it empowers you to know that your father trusts you. Along with that, you're partnering with God to really just bring his will to the earth. And so that's the benefit of the prayer. But also, to me, I think prayer is also coming into agreement with what you're believing, what has been spoken by God and what you're confessing. The prayer is essentially stealing that and saying, I'm coming to an agreement with what I've just said. I'm coming to agreement and knowing that, God, you have me in the midst of this situation, in the midst of this emotion that I'm feeling because I'm a human being and, you know, everything in life is not rosy and easy, but I'm still going to believe and to trust that you are going to help me in this particular time of my life. And lastly, we have implement and implement is what I really appreciated about this book because you give the reader an opportunity to go through all these steps, and then there are practical ways of applying this. And I think of this when it comes to motivational speakers, they tend to say a lot of good words to get you all fired up, but not often do they give you practical applications of how to take these wonderful words that they've spoken to fire you up and actually implement that. Implementation can be extremely difficult because you have to change not just your mindset, but your habits as well. Right. Yeah. And this is a critical step. And I decided to include this in the book because, you know, I didn't want the book to come across so spiritual or churchy or anything like that. But the objective of adding this fifth step was because I recognize that we are spiritual beings. We live in the earth. We're humans. We're exposed to all kinds of life events and responsibilities. So it's a lot and powerful to also rely on the spiritual foundations, but it's also important to implement natural steps. So the goal of this fifth step was really to marry the two aspects, um, to have the spiritual side as well as the natural side in um, conjunction to really help with the renewal process. So it's a it's one thing to say, oh, God, I believe you for this, but, you know, you're you're not taking steps to really aid or also come in agreement or um, in parallel, essentially, to uh, what he desires. So, for example, I am trying to lose a few pounds that I just recently gained because I was a little stressed out. And, you know, like, God, I need some help. You know, I got to live long. I got to, you know, so many different things that I want to do for you. I need to be healthy as possible. But if I decide to keep eating everything I want to eat, even though God told me, hey, you need to lay off the dairy. (laughs) I love that you use that example, but you can also use it to anything else in life you want to do. It's not difficult. It's not too hard. Now, we've gone through in detail the five-step plan that you have for transforming your life by working on how you speak your words. And now I want to go into the book. We're going to pick out just two examples so our listeners can understand what this book will do for them as they approach how to change the way they think to themselves and about themselves. So the first one I want to go to is one that I know is very prevalent among society, and that is abuse. And so I want you to talk about that 
you don't have to go into every process because we do want our listeners to pick up their copy of Renew the Inner You today, which is available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Go ahead and just touch on abuse and how they can have practical application of how to change this about themselves. So abuse is really covering a lot of different areas from physical, sexual, even emotional and mental abuse. And so I try to really provide a strategy to help people that might be dealing with that. For me, I I never experienced necessarily physical abuse, but most of it was mental and emotional abuse. And so that would try to, or what it did was it actually caused me to have a lower view of myself or even doubt myself at times. And so what I decided to do for this particular chapter, there's several, at the beginning of every chapter of these emotions, there is a definition of what abuse is or what the emotion might be. And then also I recommend for readers to counter their thoughts and emotions with what God says. So for example, if someone's dealing with abuse or has, you know, they're trying to recover from the mental or emotional abuse they might have experienced in the past, I encourage the reader to understand that they're accepted by God. And so then that's followed by several scriptures. But for example, I'll give one scripture, which is Psalms 103 and 6. I'm reading the NLT version. It says, the Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. And I really like this scripture because it just emphasizes how God is concerned about people that are, when we are treated unfairly, like he doesn't take that lightly. And so that, that the point of that scripture is to encourage the reader to know that God is concerned about what they've experienced in the past or might be experiencing currently. Uh, followed by the scripture, there's the, the confession, and it's very brief. And I intentionally wrote confessions in every section of this book briefly because I know that we live in a very quick world. And, you know, I really wanted people to have a strategy that was able to just really address the issue in a short period of time. And so for the confession, it's be God is my refuge and strong tower. He made no mistakes when he made me, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm healed from all physical, mental, emotional, and sexual abuse. I am free, accepted, and valued by God. And so there's another sentence, but for the sake of time, I won't read everything. But after that, there's a very short prayer. And then there's a section for practical suggestions. So for example, if someone is dealing with abuse and needing additional help, which I think is most important, is to seek professional or spiritual counseling to help them recover over the past or current traumas. I think a lot of times people can feel embarrassed about maybe being abused or experiencing it. So it's important to have the counseling to be able to address those issues and the roots of them so that the individual can move forward. And so, for example, personally, I had to go through some counseling to deal with some past abuse in my life because I just didn't realize that it was an issue. It was something I was just like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, they just made those comments about me, but that's not the truth. It doesn't really matter. But what I found was maybe those comments would still come back up to the forefront of my mind and they needed to be addressed. And so I was able to pray, of course, but I also was able to seek counseling to really deal with those issues. And so that's kind of an overview of the abuse section. And of course, there's more details. But again, just defining what the emotion is, countering it, and then also looking at scriptures and having short prayers and confessions, and most importantly, practical steps to make sure that one can address that issue. 
And then, of course, we have to end it with Romans 37, where it says, Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And that's why she gives you scriptures so you can use the words that the Lord said, not what Satan says, but what the Lord said about you. The last one we want to look at is rejection. Yeah, so in the confession for the rejection, I'll just read a couple of sentences of that. It says, I am loved and accepted by God. God constantly values, adores, and chases after me. He never leaves me or forsakes me. I am his beloved and he protects me. When others reject me, I do not become resentful and bitter, nor do I hold grudges. Instead, I pray for those who hurt me and I draw closer to God. For I know his opinion of me is the only one that will ever matter. And there's so many more in this book. You're going to talk about self-control, discipline, rejection. What if you feel alone? And you have to remember these are feelings that may be exasperated by experiences. However, you don't have to stay stuck in these experiences, nor do you have to stay stuck in these feelings. That's why you want to take captive your thoughts, emotions, and responses and pick up your copy of Renew the Inner You, which gives you a practical guide to do these things. Now, at the end of the book, you make mention that there's a workbook that people can get in conjunction with Renew the Inner You. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the workbook is basically another strategy to help you renew your inner self. And it is complementary with every purchase of the book. And I really like it because I don't want people to just read the book and then put it down. But instead, I wrote this book where people can actually read it, pick it up, or if they have another emotion and something that they're challenged with, they can go back to the book and refer to it. But along with that, the workbook provides an intentional blueprint, if you will, of how to deal with one situation that may be, you know, like, you know, I'm really struggling with feeling rejected right now. I really need to get a strategy on how to do it. So the workbook is there to help you walk through in partnership with the Holy Spirit to make a personalized or tailor-made plan for yourself based on the situation that you want to address. And like you said, it's renewing the inner you. Maybe you're so tired because of how you think. Maybe you're so tired or complaining so much because you don't recognize what God has given you. Maybe you feel alone because you don't recognize that God is always with you. You actually quoted one of my favorite verses in the whole world where he said, behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, that he will never leave you or forsake you. And those are the ones I cling to, particularly because I hate being alone. But then I remember I am not alone. That's the confession. I am not alone. I feel alone. That's how we feel. We acknowledge that. And then we confess, I am not alone. See, that's how you change these things and work these things through. And if you have been invigorated by this conversation, if you want to transform your life today, go ahead, pick up your copy of Renew the Inner You, which is available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Now, Dr. Mitchell, I have definitely enjoyed having you on the show today, but I got to know, what's next for you? Thank you for having me on this show. This has been extremely fun for me. What's next for me is to write more books. <laughs> That's what's really next for me. And of course, to make sure I really help people renew their inner self. That's the first thing. And then secondly, I just have more books. As you know, as an author and a writer, there's just so many ideas that come to you. So you want to write everything out. But that's, those are the two things that I'm really focusing on. 
Do you know what your next book will be about? The second book is really going to help people strategize how to go through the process of dating in a godly way. I love it, Dr. Virtual. I love it. Now, for those of you, we were talking earlier in the broadcast that if you want to find out how Dr. Mitchell got the help she needed to get her book written and done, you definitely want to check out Shelly Hitt's Christian Book Academy. It is not just something that makes you feel good. She gives you rigorous opportunity to get the book that God has inside of you out there. And not just written, but how do you market? How do you do publicity? You're not alone when you're writing. You have a community there. So you definitely want to go to ChristianBookAcademy.com and let her know that Dr. Mitchell and PJ sent you there. So if you want to know more information about that organization, go to Shelly Hitts, ChristianBookAcademy.com. We want to thank Dr. Mitchell for being on the show with her today. And if you want the practical guide that she gave you, Make sure you love a my sister and get your copy of Renew the Inner You, a practical guide to counter your thoughts, emotions, and responses. Available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Were you invigorated by the conversation we had today? Can you relate to some of the things that we were saying? Do you want to transform your life? Not tomorrow, but today. Go ahead and pick up this book, and I'm going to tell you right now. You are not going to be disappointed. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition. I'm the queen and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.